We'll pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Every now and then, I get a chance to share my college seminary experience, talking with seminary students, college students, sometimes high school students, about what it was like for me going through what's called the pre-theology program in college and then on to the seminary. That experience for me, and especially my feelings at the time, can be summed up with one word. That word is inadequate. And I'm not talking about the classes. I'm talking about myself. Inadequate is the word to describe how one would feel when the focus is quite personal. When you look at yourself with complete honesty and a better understanding of all that a pastor or professor or frankly for a faithful Christian witness, all that is supposed to be done by those people in faithful service to God. Even now, 20 years back at Emmanuel as professor, I have to admit, I still am, am inadequate, unworthy to be a theological professor, a teacher of Christianity, and your chapel speaker today. Yet here I am. Your CLC pastors, likewise, are inadequate, unworthy. But there they are in their ministries that God gave them. All of us here in this gym are in the same boat. And that's okay. That is actually the way Jesus wants it to be. I wish to reflect on this truth turning to what John the Baptist said to his disciples, reacting to a situation, and he focuses on Christ and himself in relation to Christ in these words from John 3. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ. But I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He, referring to Jesus, must increase But I, referring to John the Baptist, must decrease. It sounds like John had a good handle on it. He understood the key to faithfulness, success even, as a pastor. It has nothing to do with the preacher. It has nothing to do even with the members. 
It's all about Christ. He, as the Lord and Savior of the church, must increase. We, as professors, pastors, teachers, students, members, we must decrease. Now, one could say, in response, easier said than done. After all, each of us knows how to make our Christianity be about us in some way. And so we fixate on all the extra responsibilities involved. Our burden to carry. Our lack of time, resources. Our inability to do this or that task. The sinful nature of every Christian there ever was instinctively knows how to be self-absorbed. And that right there is part of, a big part of the inadequacy. This tendency we all have to make ourselves increase in our own eyes. However, if we can take a step back and track this insight from John, we can see the formula that Jesus uses to make his ministers and all of his servants function the same way that John did. It starts with your call to Christian faith. We, like John, have been called out of our sin and into God's grace and forgiveness. We have been called, effectively brought, out of our unbelief and into saving faith, which puts you on the path of disciples who follow God's word. We did not put ourselves into that position. God did all of that. And with this great new reality you have comes a constant promise from him. When he calls you to be something or he directs you to do something in his name, he will never leave you to your own inadequate devices. He will supply what is needed. He will especially give that heart-changing power of his word. So we can approach a problem or a challenge in the way with a confidence that the solution will come from him. Of course, we are to pray, plan, take action, follow up and the like, but always it will be God granting success to the outcome that he leads us to pursue And in that way, he causes it to be true that he must increase while we must decrease. Today, we are about almost nine months away from the next presidential election. In the build-up to Election Day, November 2020, campaigns are already in action, doing what they can to make their candidate increase and the opponent decrease in the eyes of the voters. To that end, there will be millions of dollars spent, countless hours worked. But for many of the campaign workers, it becomes a losing cause when the opponent wins that election. We, on the other hand, as part of the greatest campaign there could ever be, 
get to go about his business of announcing to people that eternally winning platform of gospel benefits for all. At the top of the list are complete forgiveness of sins, peace with God that never ends, eternal life in paradise, all as a free gift because of Jesus. Now, there may be long hours in this campaign, which goes on until Judgment Day, and lots of money spent during that time. There could be minor setbacks. But final victory is assured to that candidate named Jesus and to his inadequate team of pastors, missionaries, teachers, students, and members as we learn to get that spotlight back on Christ and his word, we can accept with the same joy as John our shrinking role in which we rely on him instead of ourselves. We glorify him instead of each other. And we leave all the results, and there will be great results. All the results, whether at Manual or in our church body or around the world, those results rest in his capable hands. To him be all the glory, now and forever. Amen. We close today our worship of our great Savior Jesus Christ, singing hymn 360, stanzas 1, 2, and 7. 1, 2, and 7 of hymn 360.